Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Slim and Satisfied podcast. This is episode number 23, and I'm your host, Daphna Chazen. Today, I have a very interesting guest on the show. Her name is Emma Anderson, and she's a professional organizer. Isn't that cool? I wanted Emma to come on the show today to talk about how organizing your house and specifically your kitchen can help meet your healthy eating goals. Emma works with women, specifically moms, to help reduce clutter and create systems in their homes that make life just a bit simpler, reduce overwhelm, and also help them achieve their goals more easily. Don't we all need that? I think so. And as you'll see, some of the concepts we're going to talk about in this conversation can be applied to many different areas of your life. So Emma works with moms who just want better time management skills. Maybe some of them are starting a business and need some systems and organization processes in place. But we're also going to get very specific and talk about the four areas that Emma has identified to focus on on your healthy eating journey. Journey. So these are four areas in your kitchen that will make healthy eating more intuitive and they're going to support the kind of habits that you want to create. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's get to today's conversation with Emma Anderson. Hey, Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited about today's episode because we have a fun topic. It's a little bit off of, you know, my normal nutrition and and exercise and food kind of topic, but it's very much related to healthy eating. So I'm really excited to have you on. Yes, I love it. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes, absolutely. So I am a professional organizer which doesn't actually sound like a real job to a lot of people, but it is. It absolutely is. And my focus is helping moms specifically in their homes to kind of create peace and eliminate overwhelm and help them create systems for themselves and their families, their kids, their homes that really allow them to um, kind of create the space that they've always wanted. That's pretty cool. I think everyone needs a professional organizer in their life, right? I agree. (laughs) How did you get into this? So ironically, my mother was actually a professional organizer and she was a mother in the 80s when professional organizing really was not even heard of. But I watched her, she did a lot of teaching. So I watched her teach other mothers how to run their households, how to help with their kids and their space. And I saw what a difference it made. Um, And so now that I'm an adult and I have a family and a home of my own, I kind of bring both sides to that same realm where I had the experience as a child growing up in an organized home. And I also have the experience of an adult, of a mother myself. I have two little ones and I create, 
I work to create that for them. So I bring both sides of the spectrum, which is a little bit unique to really help to make a difference. So I consider myself a very, very messy person just by nature. (laughs) So would you say this is something that can be learned? Yes. So yeah, absolutely. It's something that can be learned. It's actually one of the biggest misconceptions is a lot of people just think, oh, I'm either not an organized personality or I'm like an OCD personality. And there's kind of just, you're either born with it or you're not. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's very much learned, but it's not very well taught. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that's the space that I fill. I do in-home services, but I actually do a lot of teaching. I do an online course and I do a lot of teaching in group classes and individuals where I can teach them the skills because there's not a lot of places to learn it if you don't learn it, you know, if you don't pick it up somewhere along the way. It's not something that's ever taught in school. It's not there's no like parenting or homeowner 101. Right. So I think that there's a lack in the education part, which is what my goal is. Yeah. I think it's so, so important because you and I spoke a little bit about this offline where organization and goals are so closely linked. When people get organized, they are much more likely to meet goals and to be pursuing goals that are more meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how do you see that coming to play with the clients that you work with? So organizing, organizing is kind of what you do first so that you can accomplish all of the other things, right? Organizing impacts everything that you do. So let's say you're trying to accomplish a goal of starting a business. Well, that's going to require some time, right? So a lot of people are like, I don't have any time. Well, if you organize your time, all of a sudden you can create exactly what it is you need which is more time in your week to run your business. Anything that you're trying to accomplish, whether it's in your space or in your time or even in your closet with your clothing, organizing what you have makes accomplishing your goal so much easier because you can create so much more space, so much more opportunity. You can clear your space and allow yourself to move forward with whatever it is you want to accomplish. There's definitely a direct correlation with getting organized and accomplishing that goal because it just eliminates the roadblocks that are always that are already holding you back. You clear those out and then the possibilities are endless, right? Right. So I think, yeah, I think it's definitely something that can reduce overwhelm, which a lot of times people experience when they're trying to meet a new goal or they're trying to really up-level different areas of their lives, right? So would you say that there are similar elements between the physical organization. So like, you know, organizing your office space or your house and organizing to make time and room and space for, for, for actions and activities and goals. Are those two things similar? Absolutely. Because one of the biggest, one of the biggest traits of being organized and skills that you can learn to be organized is making decisions. So when something comes into your home, you make an immediate decision. Is this, does this stay? Does it have a place? Where does it go? Or can it be tossed out? That decision, we can train our brains to make that decision really quickly to eliminate, say, clutter, you know, on our countertops or from the mailbox or paper clutter. We make decisions really quickly and that allows us to stay organized in our space. And that same skill can be used to accomplish a goal. So I think that's 
one of the things specifically where organizing a physical space correlates directly to, you know, accomplishing a goal or organizing your kind of your mental or your, you know, whatever it is that you're working on in other areas. Okay. So what are some of the decision-making processes that happen when someone is trying to get more organized? Like when you say it's all about decision-making, what does that mean? So a lot of clutter, most clutter, I would dare say, is caused by indecision. It's caused by not making a decision. So if you look, say, at your countertops, if you have bills and mail and homework and permission slips, and most of those things are there because you haven't made a decision one way or another. It's, are you going to use that coupon? Do you still need this receipt? Are you, do you need to sign that permission slip? Are you going to go to this sale? Do you need to pay that bill? All of those are, are kind of unmet questions. They need some sort of, and sometimes the question is just, is this trash or is it not? Mm -hmm. But the decision's not made. And so that, that piece of paper ends up sitting on the counter and then you end up with a pile of paper clutter, which is very common. I would say almost all homes that I go into have some sort of paper clutter somewhere. And all of those is just, it's just a decision that needs to be made. It's real quick. Yes or no. Does it need to be saved? Does it not? And if so, where does it need to go? Does it need to just be written on a calendar? Does it, is it an action item? Does it need to be taken care of, paid, signed, sent back, something like that. Right. And that can go all the way through other areas of your home too. It's really popular with paper clutter, but a lot of times in your closet, if your closet's really jam packed with so many clothes that you can't, you don't, can't even see what is available to wear. It's a constant question, right? You wake up in the morning and you're already starting. What am I going to wear? What fits? What doesn't fit? What's clean? What's not clean? What needs to be taken in? What needs to be, you know what I mean? It's all sorts of decisions over and over and over. And that just exhausts the brain because you're constantly trying to make a decision and you're constantly being asked questions throughout your home, which is overwhelm. Yeah. So what about if someone's just indecisive by nature? Like how could they start training their brain to make a decision to just say yes or no, is it trash or not, and move on with their life? is opposed to keep accumulating and hoarding and kind of creating more and more problems for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the ways that I recommend starting is to start really small. Like just start with the mailbox. Just start making decisions about the things that come into the mailbox. So there's lots of ways that things get into our homes, but just focus on something really small and make decisions there. Sometimes it helps to even make a list, a small list that you keep somewhere that you'll always see it when you come in from the mailbox, whether it's on the door or on your refrigerator or bulletin board, somewhere where you'll see it that says, if it's these things like an ad or a junk mail or a coupon, it's going to get thrown away. And if it's from any of these things, it's going to get put in a specific home. And we just focus on that small act until it becomes a consistent pattern. A lot of times people don't like to make decisions because they're unsure of themselves. They're not quite confident in, well, what if I make the wrong decision? You know, they're like, well, what if I do need that coupon later? Or what if I throw something away and then find out that I need it later? A lot of that indecision is a process of 
it's a combination of coaching and also resource management because almost everything that you comes into your home can be found somewhere else. Like your bank statements are always online. Most coupons are always online. Your medical, you know, like an EOB is always on your insurance website. So a lot of it too is finding those resources and teaching that confidence in being able to handle whatever you need. If you decide you need something that then you realize, oh shoot, I just threw that away. Let's get the resources so that you can handle that. You can problem solve. You can find what you need when you need it instead of saving every single little thing just in case. Okay. That's interesting. I like that. So you kind of have to gain confidence that you can find that another version of it or some other form of it, whether it's digital or whatever, even if you get rid of that thing, it's not the end of the world. Exactly. And once that confidence is in place that allows individuals to start throwing things away with confidence, they don't feel nervous or they don't have the anxiety about throwing it away. Nine times out of 10, they never need it again. They never look back on it again, even with big stuff. That's not, you know, just coupons that come in from the mail. That's a really good place to start. But even when it comes to big stuff, nine times out of 10, you, they never need it again. Yeah. It's kind of similar to clothes. Like when you're looking at your closet, you don't want to get rid of certain clothes, but you haven't worn them in a year. And you know, that's probably a sign that you'll never wear them again. So exactly. <laughs> And so, so sometimes still getting rid of it in that moment or that day, it's really hard, but chances are by the end of the week, you won't even notice. You'll be so excited by all of the options that you can now see in your closet and the way that your closet looks and the way that you feel when you walk in your closet, you won't even notice what's missing. Right. All right. So let's move into talking about the kitchen specifically, because I'm going to assume that when you go into people's houses, that's the most cluttered, messy place. I know in my house it is. This is where everyone lands and all their stuff gets left over the course of the week. But for my audience who's interested in healthy eating and weight loss and really feeling like they can accomplish their goals when it comes to eating the kitchen is so important. It's so important to keep it organized and to create those systems, like you said, so healthy eating becomes easier and not so overwhelming. Yes, absolutely. So would you agree that the kitchen is like top three most disorganized rooms in a house? Oh, for sure. It's kitchen, closets, and then kids' spaces usually. If, uh, home office is also really popular, but sometimes that's incorporated with the kitchen. But definitely top three for sure. Okay. So you've identified some areas and some key principles of organizing based on the areas of the kitchen, right? Yes. So let's talk first about some of those key principles. And you mentioned systems. What would that look like in a kitchen? So organizing a home is made up of, is made up of systems. A system is basically just a solution for any sort of either space or problem that you have in your home. So for example, in the kitchen, the way your pantry set up or the way your cupboards are set up, each have a system. And one of the most important things with all of these, and specifically for your listeners, I have four sort of areas that I thought went really well with both organizing the kitchen and healthy eating. But whatever system you choose needs to be really intuitive to the individual. I mean, Pinterest is of organizing pictures that look really nice. 
But one of the problems with maintaining an organized space is if the system's not intuitive to you, if you just copied something online or you did something that your friend did because it looked really nice, but it doesn't function for you, you're not going to keep it up and it's not going to be effective. So the key is to create a system, which is a solution or a way to use a space that really works specifically for you and is really intuitive to your already natural habits. We don't want to have to relearn habits over and over. We want systems that work with the habits that we already have. That's the way to make them really stick. And that's what I help most people do is attach a system to the habits they already have rather than try to teach them new habits. Nobody wants to do that. So can you give an example? Like what would that look like, say in a pantry or a fridge or when someone comes home with groceries, things like that? What would that look like? Sure. So let's say like I helped a client recently who was cleaning out her pantry and she was like, I'm not the type of person that's going to like, she's like, I'm not going to like organize all of my boxes of crackers or all of my little containers of pasta. She's she's like, I'm not going to dump those out into a pretty acrylic clear bin. She's like, I just, I'm just not, I bring home my groceries. I'm in a hurry. I've got other stuff to do. I'm not going to take the time to unload my macaroni into an acrylic container. I respect that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Most of us don't have time to do that unless you have a staff. But it looks really nice. nice, right? So for her, I was like, okay, great. Let's just do baskets. So I created a basket system for her where she can just toss in. She has one basket for um, her pastas, one basket for like her baking, you know, mixes and supplies and stuff. And all she has to do is put it in a basket. So there's no, the maintenance is really, really easy, right? So this, a similar system I created for a client was for her shoes. She always had shoes all over the entryway. But she was like, I don't want a shoe shelf because I'm not the type of person that's going to take off my shoes and put them on a shelf. I just kick off my shoes when I walk in the door. So then what do I do? Because my shoes are all over. So I just created, I gave her two baskets, one right next to the door and one near her hallway that led to her bedroom where she could just kick her shoes into a basket. So the habit stays the same, but the space changes. There's no longer a litter of shoes all over the entryway they're in a basket, but it didn't require her to change her habits. Okay, good. So you're kind of modifying your space to meet your goals, to meet your habits. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Okay. So let's go back to the kitchen. Tell us the four areas to focus on. Okay. Four areas I think you can focus on to organize your kitchen for healthy eating would be the dishes, the pantry, the countertop, and the fridge. So when it comes to the dishes, The first thing I would recommend is opening up your dish cupboard where all your plates and bowls are kept and kind of just taking a look at what's there. If it's overwhelming to you, if you have lots of different dishes that are lots of different styles, lots of different bowls, or you have cutesy dessert dishes, I would pare all those down, keep a very basic inventory of exactly the dishes that you need and the ones you use most often and get rid of the rest. For organizing, this is really great because it clears out your space and gets rid of all of those unnecessary serving dishes that you really don't need. You need enough for your family, but you don't need a whole lot more than that. So you cater your space to exactly what you need. And on a nutritional point, sometimes, you know, those cutesy dessert dishes or the fun shaped plates, 
those can actually encourage you to maybe splurge a little bit more or have more dessert because you have a cute little whimsical dish to put it in. Yes. Whereas if your dishes are very simple, then it streamlines your space, which is great, but it also streamlines your eating. You're always eating out of the same bowl and the same plate, which kind of eliminates eating just for fun. Yeah. And it can help kind of both ends of the spectrum as far as that goes. Yes. I love this. I love this a lot because I always tell people to streamline, to make things simple. And I do agree when you have more options and more excitement from even something as simple as the dishes, it creates more temptation, right? So it creates more of a desire to have a dessert on that cutesy plate or have more of a bigger portion. If I have a bigger plate and I'm going to go for that, you know, if I have to choose between a small, medium and big plate, I'm probably always going to choose the big plate. But if I streamlined it and just left an appetizer plate, I may eat smaller portions or I may, you know, pick that and get my brain used to seeing the right amount of food on a plate as opposed to changing how much I serve myself based on the size plate that I picked that day. Yeah. And a good example of this, I was just thinking, we just recently took my kids to a theme park and, you know, they have the the regular cups that you can get like your drink in. And then they have the souvenir cups that's, you know, shaped like Mickey Mouse's head. And everyone always wants those, even though it's the same thing, but you'll drink more or you'll have more fun or it's so much better if your cup is shaped like Mickey Mouse. Sure. You know, so even at a theme park, they capitalize on that as well, because you do tend to splurge more if, you know, your cup or your plate is fun or fancy or whatever. So I like to keep just white. I really like just plain white, but whatever you choose, I would keep just what you need and eliminate the rest. Okay. Love it. All right. Moving on to the pantry. Okay. The pantry. So I love organizing pantries. They're one of my favorite things to to purge and get rid of and re-streamline because you can see instant gratification and they're so fun. But one of the things I love to do in a pantry is to decant the food. So if you're a wine drinker, you know, decanting, you, you decant your wine to enhance the flavor and all of those wonderful things that it does. But, um, with food, it kind of does the same thing. So I like to take things out of the packages as much as possible, not pasta in pretty curly containers because that is a little unrealistic for most of us. But I do love to take things like granola bars or crackers or anything that you buy, dried fruits, nuts, anything that's individually wrapped and actually dump it out into a basket or box or container of some kind so you can see what's there. On an organizing standpoint, this saves a lot of space because most manufacturers create products that sell they don't create packaging that fits well in your home. So from an organizing standpoint, I like to create the space in my home, make the products fit in it rather than taking what I get from the store and trying to shove it in my pantry somewhere. So it allows you to kind of be a gatekeeper of your space that way. But on a nutrition standpoint, it also helps to have these individual packages as a serving. It helps with a serving size. So you can go in there and grab something and you know that whatever you grab is just a serving size rather than a whole, you know, a family size bag of something. So sometimes those can be more expensive, but I often, I've even had my kids help me do it in taking a big 
you know, family size bag of say pretzels and just putting them in individual baggies, they can do it. It's really quick and fun for them. Doesn't take very much time. They have a great time doing it. And then you have the space reclaimed that you want in your pantry instead of toppling bags and empty boxes because no kid knows how to put a empty box of granola bars in the trash. They like to put empty boxes right back on the pantry shelf. That's so right. then mom doesn't know what's in there and there's a whole bunch of empty boxes in the back. So I like to get rid of the boxes completely and keep everything an individual size. It eliminates a lot of the mess. I like that. Yeah. And then if the label is on the box, you can just kind of cut it out and maybe stick it in there. If it's clear, clear container, you can always see the nutrition info if you kind of leave that with the individual items. Or sometimes what I tell clients to do also is if you use a granola, kind of a bulk size granola, and you dump it into a container or pretzels or nuts or whatever, you can get measuring cup set from a dollar store and just leave the right size cup in the container. So when you take from it, you always take the right amount. So if you leave the yeah the quarter cup cup in there, you always kind of, as opposed to taking a handful here, a handful there. So I, I like that a lot. I think it also, of course, reduces waste, right? Yeah. And I love that. That's such a good idea with the measuring cups. That's a great idea too. Yeah. Cause you know, it's hard. I think we have to be as objective as possible when we're portioning things out. Cause when we eyeball, we're all very bad at estimating and it's just not right. So I always like for people to be as objective as possible. Yeah. And that also helps if any of your listeners have kids, because then it's individually, it's portioned out for them too. So they're not constantly in the pantry because that's where a lot of most moms can organize the pantry and keep it, but it's maintaining it with everyone else that you live with that makes it tricky. So if you can make it work for both you and the kids and the husband, (laughs) then you have a lot better shot of keeping that pantry looking trustworthy. All right. That's what we're going for. (laughs) That's right. All right. Anything else in the pantry that you have experience with or that you saw working really well for people? Um, Well, pantries are all different shapes and sizes. So the only other thing I would say about the pantry is before you go shopping for the perfect pantry baskets or pantry items, measure your space first. Pantries are often kind of odd little shapes just because of the way homes are built. Sometimes home builders put a pantry in an odd little location. So if you're lucky enough to have a perfectly rectangle pantry, then awesome. Good for you. I love those, but uh, make sure you measure your space before you go shopping. Cause sometimes pantries can be a little bit tricky. Okay. The next area we identified or you identified is the countertops. Let's talk about that. Yes. So countertops are the prime real estate of your house. So I always think of The space in my house is individual real estate. So some areas of your home are less prized real estate, but the countertop, that is the most valuable real estate in your home, which means you really need to think carefully about what goes there and even more carefully about what gets to stay and what doesn't. So a lot of us treat our countertops like the landfill, right? It's like, it's there. So we're just going to pile stuff on top of it, but it should be the most valuable space in your home. So this is a great place to keep healthy foods out. If that's your goal, if your goal is healthy eating, 
then use that valuable real estate to keep that goal in mind all day long. I'm all for keeping things on the countertop if it matches your goals. So healthy foods on the countertop, whereas more snacky foods or probably less healthy foods can go in the pantry or in a cupboard. But this idea actually can help you, you know, kind of mindlessly eat better so that throughout the day as you walk around your kitchen, you're seeing those fresher options, those more healthy options rather than leaving, you know, the less healthy options on the counter. Yeah. I like that mindlessly eating healthier, right? Because we all eat mindlessly munch on things that we want to eat less of. But you're right. If you don't even pay attention and you grab a piece of fruit or you grab a handful of nuts, you're going to be better off than, of course, hitting the cookie jar, which is what most people have out. Yeah. Most people have a cookie jar or, you know, a big tub of either goldfish or, you know, something on their counter that's probably really easy and convenient, but maybe less healthy. So if we can use that, keep in mind that the value of what you're walking past every day and really use that to meet your goals, you'll be a lot better off. Yeah. And that's probably how you would train your brain to kind of favor those foods as well. Because the more exposure you have and the more times you do it, it becomes autopilot, right? It becomes something that Mm -hmm. that's your go-to. So that's really good. What about, so other than keeping food out, would that work as well for equipment? Things like, you know, measuring cups we just talked about or a kitchen scale to just get in the habit of using those things. Are you a proponent of keeping that kind of stuff out? Yes. If it helps you reach your goals and it's something you actually do use every day, I'm totally a proponent of of keeping it out. So I actually helped a client who was really into healthy eating. She really enjoyed, you know, the fresh fruit and she made a smoothie every single morning. She was always making, um, she made a sort of a green smoothie every morning that she really liked. And so we created a station, a system, if you would, on her kitchen counter where she had her blender and she had her seeds and powders that she put in her smoothies. I can't remember exactly all the ingredients she used, but she had quite a few ingredients that were kind of clumsy to keep in a cupboard and they would spill over and sometimes they weren't very messy, but on her kitchen counter, we created a really beautiful system that looked nice. We had nice little dishes out so that it looked beautiful, but it was also really functional and it helped her actually want to get up and make her smoothie every morning because it was easy and it was intuitive and she had everything she needed right there. So I would definitely say the same thing for anything that you use on a regular basis that's there to help you meet your goals. I'm all for that. We want to clear off the paperwork, the kids stuff, the office supplies, the half done homework, you know, all of those sort of things that tend to pile up on our kitchen counters. We want to clear off all of those things in order to use the counter space for things that are actually going to help us reach our goals. It sounds like you were just at my house. (laughs) (laughs) you're not alone in that trust me (laughs) all right I'm gonna get to work on my countertops for sure all right (laughs) let's uh go into the fridge that I'm actually a very organized person when it comes to my fridge that's my one thing that I'm obsessed with and that's organizing my fridge so talk to me about this okay so fridges are interesting because they kind of come organized for you right they have a drawers right where you need them. They have 
shelves on the door, on the inside of the door. But when it comes to healthy eating, when I'm helping a client who wants to organize her kitchen to help her eat better, I actually recommend disregarding the way your fridge is actually organized and reorganize it for what works for you. So what that usually means is we're going to take all that produce that's in the drawers at the bottom that you don't really see because those are at your feet. We're going to put those up on eye level. So we're going to put your fruits and your vegetables and the other things that you would generally put on the bottom. And we're going to put those right where you see them as soon as you open your door to your fridge. Then you can put other things that are less necessary or you're not going to eat right away or maybe the things that are less healthy, like the kids' snacks specifically. I keep those in one of my produce drawers so that the kids can access them. But when I open up my fridge, I see bright, fresh foods that look inviting and appealing. And that will help you reach your reach your goals a lot easier than if you open up your fridge and you see all the stuff that you know, maybe your kids are having or stuff that isn't quite ready to eat or, you know, is a little bit more difficult. So I suggest switching up the way your fridge is organized so that it works for, for you and for your goals first. I like it. It's a little controversial, but I like it. It is, it is, but it <laughs> just try it again. It's got to work for you. Yeah. But I find it really beneficial for a lot of, a lot of clients, especially so I personally like to get all my produce and I like to cut it up and I put it in little um, containers. I keep deli containers in my house. Um, I don't have a lot of Tupperware, but I have these deli containers that look just like the ones you get at the store. I fill all of those up and they're all ready to go so that my kids can grab them. They put them in their lunch boxes. I can snack on them throughout the day. And that fills the middle drawer, the middle shelf of my fridge. The first thing I see when I open the fridge, it works great. I love it. I like that a lot. I'm going to try that for sure. Anything else about the fridge or any other area of the kitchen that you can think of? We covered a lot of different things, a lot of different strategies. They're all great. Where would you suggest someone get started or is it different for each person? I think it's different for each person, but I would definitely just pick one. I wouldn't try to do everything at once. Um, but I think it's different for each person. I think the most important thing is to recognize where your weakness is or where you tend to either create piles or where you tend to snack or where you tend to have, you know, a goal that you're trying to accomplish in a specific area and start there. If you're trying to, for example, eat a better breakfast, eat a more healthy breakfast, start by creating a system that really supports that one goal. Maybe it's creating a basket in the cupboard good, full of good, healthy breakfast options. Or maybe it's prepping breakfast and, uh, and reorganizing your fridge so that you have a spot in your fridge just for the breakfast that you've prepped ahead of time and are ready to go. Or maybe it's creating a smoothie station on your countertop where you can create a smoothie that you can grab on your way out the door. So allow yourself to focus on just one area and what you would like that goal to be, and then create your space so that it conforms to that, to that goal and helps you achieve that one and then move on from there. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. You want to start with baby steps because it's impossible to get it all done and keep it all organized and maintained all the time. 
So yeah, you definitely want to address the the one area where you're struggling the most, or maybe it's the most important goal for you right now. And just focus on that until you have it nailed down. Mm -hmm. Yep. Keep it consistent. And once you've got that consistent, then you can build on it. All right. That's awesome. I really like everything we talked about today. All these tips were great. I think very actionable and very simple. Anyone can do them. Where can people find out more of your goodness and more of the good stuff that you share? So you can find me online. My website is llowithemma.com. My company name is Live Life Organized with Emma. Um, And I have, like I said, one of the biggest things I do is teach classes. So I have registration open right now for my Love Your Home e-course. I do a 60-day course and it goes through six areas of your home, including the kitchen. And I do a really in-depth class and I walk through each area with you step-by-step so that we can eliminate that overwhelm, break through those roadblocks, create systems that work for you and your family and kind of create that peace. So that's the best way to find me is my website, llowithemma.com. And I'm also on Instagram and uh, Facebook too. Okay, great. So we'll make sure to link to all of these resources and where people can find you in the show notes. Thank you so very much for your time. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Daphna. I appreciated your willingness to let me come and talk to your listeners. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview and have found a lot of great insights, strategies, and information in what we discussed today. For more information, please visit the show notes below so you can get all the details, links, and recommendations that were discussed today. And if you like this podcast and what you've heard today, leave a review and subscribe to the show so you never miss when new episodes are out and you also help more people find this information. I'll be here again next week with a new episode. Until then, be well. Bye for now.